Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the first episode of 2022. CES just happened, is happening, started, one of the two. Not positive on that, but we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about some other things. And I'm going to give you something to watch for next week. Whoa, homework. Oh, it's going to take you all week. Oh, boy. Hey, uh, this is the Gamers 2 Podcast, your weekly roundup of news and commentary related to the video game industry and anything else that might pique our interest. Peak. Peak. Yeah. Um, what else did I want to say? That's it. Yeah, that is it. That is it. I was thinking. The cogs were turning, but grinding a bit on that one. Mm. Gotta hate when that happens. Yeah. Uh, well, in a move that might surprise you, no new releases. Huh. People still getting back in the office, you know. The calm before the storm. Horizon sneaking up on us. Horizon. Yeah. Sneaking up on us. Yep. What? You don't smell, like, month delay or anything? I don't know. It's supposed to be out February 18th. Yeah. I feel like we're, like, too close to delay it, especially with the... the. Uh... I'm just saying. All right. That's cool. I'm just saying. That's you cool. Notice how, like, all the advertisements have been kind of, like, hush-hush now. I don't know. They've been doing that. I've, I've been seeing a lot of ads. Uh, the, I haven't. So okay. maybe we're in our directed ad content yeah yeah that's i'm getting sports gambling ads you're getting horizon and i haven't gotten any sports gambling yeah so so there we go there it is there it is it's kind of so weird it's so unsettling how that works well i hate to tell you now you're gonna get sports gambling ads yeah yeah, i've predicted the future and now it will permeate your life for a week that might be the case or suggestions my phone just heard it and now well, that's how it normally happened when randomly Meatloaf showed up on Reddit that day. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You will <laughs> you will see sports gambling news. <laughs> Let me Jedi oh, mind no. for you. Uh, you. I mean, let's put it this way. I, yes, but also I'm not even seeing like like PlayStation's not teasing it. Like their their social accounts aren't like, oh man, here it comes or you know. We're not in a. I would expect them to be going into a month of a buildup where they. This is supposed to be their first big punch of this year. I mean, I think they still will because they just they had a will, trailer come out two days ago. Here's here's that what was I, uh, like starting to drop lore. 
Here's what I don't want them to do. Gran Turismo Horizon. We've seen more Gran Turismo. Up, up before that trailer. Yeah. We've seen more trailers of Gran Gran Turismo dropped like five trailers before the end of the year. Yeah. And it's out in like March? It's supposed to be, I believe. Which also, you know, both of them smell slightly fishy at the moment. They do. I have other... But, as far as Gran Turismo goes, I, I do think that there's something going on there. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised... No, that wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd just be disappointed. the The thing with both of those, though, is what I what I don't want to see them them being Sony do with them is the same thing we saw Ubisoft do with Watch Dogs and Valhalla. Mm -hmm. They promoted the shit out of Watch Dogs, and then three weeks later, Valhalla was out, and they're like, "Yep, it's there." And then it bit them because Watch Dogs sold less than Valhalla did, and Valhalla was the better game. So they had to do all their advertising post-release. Yeah. yeah. Which I think will happen in some ways. I think they might over-advertise Gran Turismo first. Mm-hmm. Because it's the return to Gran Turismo. And then Horizon will come out. Everybody that played the first one will play it. And they'll be like, oh, man, this is so good. And yada, yada. And then there goes the push to... The sequel to the critically acclaimed. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think Gran Turismo would be the the one. Like, I I think once you start seeing all the companies announcing their like their branded like gear for Gran Turismo, then you'll know it's coming. It'll be a mix of that, or you'll start seeing uh, the partnerships, like yeah. with racing teams coming out. Yeah. Like, oh, and here comes the commercial where blah, blah, blah is racing inside a Gran Turismo. And, yeah. like, they pull in. For some reason, they pull in Max Verstappen to do a commercial. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And ha, ha, ha. He's racing against Lewis. And Lewis, like, punches him in the finish line. And is like, ah, finally, or something, you know. That'd be the, fucking the old The old Sony commercials with uh, Kevin where they used to, like, have mm-hmm. personality. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember any of the – I mean, Kevin had some great commercials – Killzone ones are in there and whatever. Do you remember the MLB The Show ones? Where they would have players come in and he was like, well played, Maurer. Well played. <laughs> anyway, I'll take number one. All right. Because I had no new releases, so here we go. Yeah. I Let's mean, talk it, about new releases. or new... It, can, it, it could be long, so I mean, if you want to split it up, we can do that as well. Nah, I'll do the whole thing. All right. Because number two is not much shorter, and I don't want to talk about number two. So, number one. CES is a thing, as I said in the intro. On the top of the normal slew of laptops, monitors, uh, automated dishwashers, smart refrigerators, smart toilets to tell you what your stool sample looks like. Yeah, uh, if you got some good CES products, you know, hit, hit them on Twitter. I give think them, it give was. Them to us. Was it last year? Maybe it was either last year or the year before. Was the, I don't remember, well, I don't remember about CES last year amidst pandemic, but it was either last year or the year before was all the like random home automation shit. So it was all, all this just unnecessary smart home stuff. Yep. Like smart fridges, smart uh, stove, everything. And it was just so weird. And it was like, ah, this is almost too much. Um, Anyway. On top of those those normal things, here's some CES or CES-adjacent stuff we want to mention. 
Uh, and fun part, Matt doesn't mention it right now, so I'm going to mention it before I even read the rest of this. The BMW changing color car. It's just a nice gimmick. Yeah, that's the thing, the gimmick. And, like, people were joking. Uh, the funny comments I saw online were, like, it turns pearlescence when you scratch it or dent it. You know, like a fucking monitor. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, my immediate thought was the old GTA trick of just driving around a corner and spray painting your car and then pulling back out in the cops being like, I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> I didn't look, did you look into it at all? Like how it, how it actually works? No, I just saw the video of a guy driving around and then changing it on the fly. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's, I'm assuming it's some sort of like current based thing where it's sending a current and it changes the color, but I don't know. I don't know. It's like a fucking car mood ring. Yeah. Either that or just a a really annoying entire array of like LED lights. That'd be terrible. That'd be hysterical though. Anyway, the first thing we're gonna talk about is AMD's new AM5 CPUs are finally moving to LGA. Matt, what does that mean? No more pins. We're getting rid of them. Getting rid of them. Gonna be flat, flat pads. Yo, you like those pads? So you don't got to worry about bending your CPU pins anymore and trying to straighten them with a pen. So here's the fun part about the AM5, though. The Ryzen 9 5800Xs or AM4s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And now my PC build gets delayed again. <laughs> you see the heat spreader on them? No. It's not like it's got it's a it's got like a design. Oh, great. They, I don't know. There's a reason for it. I don't believe it. I don't fucking know. But it's not like it's not square. It's like the edge of it's got like like little like uh, legs that come out. It's weird. All right then. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I still can't. The whole reason my PC hasn't gotten rebuilt is because I can't find a GPU. So yeah, yeah. And we'll get there potentially. Yeah, I mean, Nvidia. That's what I see. So Nvidia announced. Yeah, it's it's on here, but you can do it now. It's just at the end. It's like the quick little. Why perp. is it not in the CES stuff where they announced it? Uh because I didn't. You know, it's the GPU thing. It's the dead horse of like beating. Okay. Beating the GPU. Anyway, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But Nvidia announced two new GPUs, uh, and you won't be able to buy either of those either. So we can just do it now. All right. Because uh, they, I ignored the cheap one because no one. The thirty fifty, yeah, which it's like it's supposed to be like two ninety nine or one ninety nine or something. Well, like that. first off, sure, you're not going to find it for that. Yeah, uh, two, you're not going to find it, and then three, no one buys them anyway that actually wants a GPU. Yeah, that that was why I kind of ignored it. That's, um, that's why you can still find the ten fifties. Yep. They also announced the thirty ninety Ti. They they literally announced the existence of it. Yep. No and price, then, and then said we'll talk about more of it later. Yep. No price. Uh, people are guessing around the two thousand dollar mark. That's my. That was my guess. And also, it doesn't matter because you won't be able to find one. Anyways. Yep. <laughs> They're gonna so. make three of them and give them all the Linus Tech tips, and you'll never get one. Yeah. Yeah. Which two thousand dollars MSRP? So three thousand dollars if you're lucky. Yeah, twenty five hundred to three thousand if if somebody decides to resell it. Yeah. Because the thirty eighty Ti's are going for, or and the regular thirty nineties are going for almost two thousand dollars. Yeah. So. Because I don't know, control your supply, maybe. Uh, Razer showed off a new gaming chair with some interesting features called the Enki Pro Hypersense. They partnered with D-Box to make sh- to make a chair that can vibrate and wobble to the action happening in your games and movies. 
Don't really need that to happen in the movies. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, the chair houses a haptic engine near the wheels that should deliver jolts of haptic feedback through the chair. Additionally, the Enki Pro Hypersense should tilt backward or lift you vertically by 1.5 inches with around 1G worth of force. All done with a up to a 5 millisecond response time. Uh, I like the idea because it's a potential, potentially easier way than uh, putting in a full motion rig for like racing games. Mm-hmm. You can still have somewhat of that effect. Yeah, I don't like the idea that I'm watching Tenet uncomfortably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of interesting because um, they said uh, they referenced. I didn't know, like, so I know of D Box from the motion rig stuff. Of them. That's the only thing I know of, too. Apparently, they do home theater chairs as well that, that also vibrate and have haptics in it. Oh, so like the like the old, or not the old, but like 40 chairs that exist in movie theaters probably. Yeah. Do. I didn't realize they did that. And I'm, that's what they kind of reference for this chair, which... Makes sense. Yeah. It's, but but then weird. again, like the cheap cheaper solution is to throw a butt kicker, like strap a butt kicker to your fucking chair. Yeah. I mean, you can throw a butt kicker, but it's just like... For for a lot of people, it becomes ease of doing things, mm-hmm. not cheapness. Yeah, and then it also runs into well, it's razor. So fifty yeah. fifty if it'll actually work without the synapse and everything else. Yeah, the other thing too is price. Like you know that thing's going to be like a thousand dollars. Oh, at least. Which at that I mean, the point, Herman, the Herman Miller Logitech chair is twelve hundred dollars. So like, who's going to bounce you around? I feel like the people who would be interested in something like this are like the racing community. Yeah, you, and well, at that price do, point, they just get a D box, like a regular D box motion. Yeah, if platform. you were gonna, you wouldn't do an entry level of that. You would you would do an entry level steering wheel to just see if you wanted to do it in a regular chair, and then if you committed, you'd just go full commit. Yeah, you'd buy and immediately just a better steering wheel, and then start looking at actually getting like a good frame, and then you'd determine if you were gonna get a either a kicker or a full yeah motion platform. And now for probably one of the more interesting ones for gaming. Sony has revealed the first details of its next-generation virtual reality headset for PS5. The device will simply be called PlayStation VR 2. Revolutionary. Abs, who could have guessed that name, right? It's very uh, very original. After their first one, which is called PlayStation VR. Mind-blowing. Never would have thought that. Uh, and a new motion-sensitive controller dubbed the PlayStation VR2 Sense Controller is also in the works. Uh, I did like that they were actually giving a true controller. Yeah. And not just reusing the motion controllers mm-hmm. again. <laughs> the headset itself will have a 4K OLED display with 110-degree field of view. Sony claims this will deliver a resolution of 2000 by 2400 per eye with frame rates of between 90 hertz and 120 hertz. Sony has dropped the requirement for a camera, instead using inside-out tracking using integrated cameras in the new headset. Internal cameras also enable eye tracking. The headset includes a new sensory feedback feature. A single motor causes vibrations based on in-game events, simulating things like a character's racing pulse during tense moments, because heaven forbid you feel your own pulse. The sensation of a vehicle increasing speed, or the feeling of an object whizzing past your head like a bullet in super hot, or a bottle, or a gun, or super an axe. Super hot. hot. Super hot. 
Sony is referring to this combination of headset feedback and eye tracking, as well as the PlayStation 5's 3D audio as PSVR2 Sense technology. This also includes the new PSVR2 Sense controllers, which will feature haptic feedback and adaptive triggers similar to the console's standard DualSense controller. The headset will still be wired, connected to the PS5 via a single USB Type-C cable. And then eventually they'll probably sell you the $100 add-on pack for a wireless thing. I would hope. It's a possibility. Initial thoughts. We don't have um, a price. We don't, which is the... That's the part. Um, 500 I feel like that would be the most expensive they could make it and have it still sell to mainstream audiences. I think there's there's two things that I want to point out. Go for it. Maybe three. I don't know. You don't go to um, seven. I think the PSVR 2 naming scheme works in the sense that, like, this seems to be like a truly second generation VR headset. Okay. Because it takes a lot of the features that it, it has almost all the features that in, in one headset that are kind of been spread out throughout the landscape. Um, so like the naming scheme kind of works in that way. Uh, I'm really hoping that they m- make it PC compatible. I know that's like a wild thing. But USB-C, just a single USB-C cable, and how capable it seems, that would be dope. And even if they don't, like, overtly make it PC compatible, as long as it's as easy to integrate as the original PlayStation VR was, that's cool, too, because people will figure it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I think they would be they would be tempted to I think you're right. I think are more than likely it probably will work on PC, but they won't claim it to be compatible. Yeah, because they have to then support it for mm-hmm. PC where if they're just like it may or may not work, wink wink, but like don't come to us if it says your PC doesn't work. Like yeah, not our, not our issue. If it does and people figure it out, it will sell. Like, they'll sell so many of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially at the $500 mark because it's, like, it's it's better than the, uh, was it the the Meta Oculus ones that yeah, we've the seen? Yeah, Quest 2, I think. Yeah, what? it will be. It's better than that, but it's not as expensive as getting the higher end stuff. So Yeah. So, you got, like. The two mainstream things are like the Quest Two, which is three ninety nine, I think. I believe so, or two ninety nine, maybe. Yeah, which it's it's great for an entry level, or at least depending on the like model. It's great for an entry level headset, and then your other mainstream like high end option is the Valve Index, which is also good, but this is better than the Valve Index. Yeah, especially with eye tracking, and which that's going to be interesting. So I'm curious to see if somebody leverages that. Well, that's the. Well, it kind of feeds into the next one, I guess. So we'll, I'll, I'll wait on that. Well, I'll go with it. Sony also announced the first game being developed for PSVR2 Horizon. Uh, sorry, also de- announced the first game being developed for the PSVR2. Horizon Call of the Mountain is a spinoff from Guerrilla Games' open world action series and is a separate original game from the upcoming sequel, Horizon Forbidden West. 
It will feature a new main character, but fans will also get to meet Aloy and other familiar faces throughout the plot. The game is being developed by both Guerrilla and Fire Sprite, the latter of which what Sony acquired last year. Uh, before we go right back to that tech discussion, I always love when it says get to meet Aloy and other familiar faces, other than the guy whose name I literally don't remember now. <laughs> yeah. Because it's now... Cylon? Cyrus. Cy- Cyrus. Cy- something. Uh, now that that's Silas. Silas, that's it. Combination of the two. Uh, other than that being gone, I'm like, I might recognize somebody visually, but fuck, I don't know if I can tell you their name. Yeah. Ber- yeah. Berg? The dad? Ro- Rust? Rost? Roast? R O S T? R O S T, I think. Yeah. It wasn't Rust. It was, I think it was Rost, maybe, or. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, Obviously, right. we're we're making a fine example of that because we can't remember the fucking name. So, um, well, because it was all Aloy, Aloy, Aloy. Yeah. Aloy. Uh, the eye tracking thing. I don't know if you remember. This is obscure, but um, one of the big things of the Gorilla's engine. What the fuck is it called? Their game engine. Kojima used it for Death Stranding. Yep. Decima engine? Yes. Was its whole ability to, like, just render your visual field, and that's how it, like, made the graphics work so well right? with the resources? It wasn't rendering what you couldn't see. Exactly. Which, that's the whole concept of the eye tracking, is you you kind of combine, like, everyone's obsession with, like, DLSS and all that, where, like it just renders in high detail what you're immediately looking at. And in your peripheral vision, it downgrades everything. Yeah. Um, and at a 110 degree view versus 180. Exactly. You're, also, so. you're even smaller, but I, I almost am more curious with like some of the, uh, not necessarily specifically for this game, but with eye tracking and like maybe horror VR games or anything where like the game can tell that you've glanced away from a corner. Mm-hmm. And so rather than you having to move your head, they know you looked away from the mirror. So then when you, your eyes snap back to the mirror, obviously then the guy standing behind you type of move. They kind of allude to that being the case too, in the presentation and what they say, because they were talking about activating menus and stuff like that with your eyesight. So like someone's clearly had Which that is thought. also semi uh, like an accessibility thing mm-hmm. even is that you can then start using the old, I put the headset on and I'm navigating menus by like blinking and looking at, you know, moving yeah. the, the old eye tracker cursor around and then confirming menu options. That was the other thing uh, I Playing should probably mention. Yeah. VR just wandering around scanning people. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Uh, the other thing I should mention for all the hardcore VR people that probably are not listening to this, the <laughs> IPD is not software based. It's, it's physical. So like you, the lenses can physically be moved to adjust specifically to your eye. Oh, that's interesting. Um, nice. Yeah, it's that's pretty crucial. Um, as far as Call of the Mountain goes, the first thing I noticed about that game is... Uh, uh, did you see the footage for it? Nope. So, the trailer takes place. Obviously, you're seeing through the perspective of the main character or whatever. You're on a canoe on a stream. So my immediate thought is it's going to be an on rails thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. But 
the devs are like hyping it up. They're saying that it's going to be, you know, it's going to revolutionize a triple A VR game, which having played Half-Life Alex, them some fucking words you saying, like you gotta, that's, that's you, almost, you almost have to hope they said that and didn't play Half-Life Alex. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, if you played Half-Life Alex and you're still saying that you're either like smoking something or you are supremely confident in your game. I need individual finger pulling of bowstrings. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to pull this one with just my pinky. Whee! Yeah, so that's... If I'm tucking and rolling around my, my living room, trying to dodge and throw my spear into the giant balls of... Or if I can ride on the the back of the bull ones. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Uh, that was the... It's not in the dock, but I'll mention it since we're talking about it. Um, there was also a rumor going around that... Uh, Valve is planning on porting Half-Life Alex to PSVR, PlayStation 5. That'd be weird. But, be a weird partnership. Uh, on, at first, on face value, I was like, yeah, that's weird. But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know if you remember the Orange Box. Yeah, but Orange Box was on both. Yeah, but if Xbox had a VR, they would probably put it on Xbox. Yeah, but I just, it just, I, I remember the Orange Box, but that was also still weird. Because they did, they did it, and then they went... All right, yeah, cool. See you later. Yeah, it's because they haven't made anything else. <laughs> like, listen. I mean, the only other thing they made was like Portal 2, and they're not going to go through all the effort for one game. Cause they still make Dota. <laughs> Dota on console? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, did I say this is a CES section? I really meant this was a Sony section. Sony also announced that Ghost of Tsushima sold more than 8 million copies worldwide. There was some drama after this announcement because the Days Gone director said Days Gone sold a similar number in a similar amount of time. I don't believe him, but that being said, Ghost was a great game. And entirely different from what that studio has done. Yeah, uh, which that's the point. So... I listened to, for the first time in a very long time, I listened to Games Daily, kind of funny Games Daily, because they covered this topic. Are you okay? Uh, did you recover? I did recover. Okay. Uh, Greg had a really good point on this argument, and it's essentially that. When you look at Bend, and you look at Sucker Punch, and you look at expectations, one nailed it out of the park, and the other one didn't deliver. To expectations so both are true but i still can't i can't believe that days gone sold as much that was the the part of the argument was eight million doesn't equal eight million so like ghost of tsushima's eight million how often has that game been on sale or how often has it dipped below $60, you know, or, or when did it dip below $60? Yeah. Whereas days gone Mixed with, it got the PS five move plus DLC plus the, with the up, the digital upgrade. Yeah. Not just the move, the actual, I don't It's not a 4k patch, but I can't remember what they director's cut. Yeah. I think there's what there the, was the high res upgrade on, yeah. on the five. Whereas Days Gone went cheaper much quicker. Yeah. So Days Days Gone had the entire thing based around hordes that they couldn't get to be as impressive as they touted them. Yeah. 
It was actually a pretty well thought out and well constructed. I don't want to say argument, but conversation about it. Cause he's basically like looking at the context of the time, as far as like sons of anarchy and the walking dead, when the game, when they first pitched the game, were like at their height. Yeah. And so like when they were pitching the idea at the time, the idea sounded really, really good. But then, you know, five years down the road when the game's finished and being released and those things are old news. Old old news and outlasting their welcome. Yeah. Whereas Ghost of Tsushima, when it was pitched, everyone was like, all right, that sounds cool, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it and see what happens. And then it just so happened that when it released, like, samurai, Japanese culture, stuff like that, were like, everyone's like, frothing at the mouth for it so launched in the pandemic after last of us 2 yep and killed it yep refreshing bend launches the beautiful month- world yeah bend launches the month before last of us and doesn't do anything to separate itself yep there you go and that's and that's also went on pc mhm shishima hasn't Nope. Yeah. I, I bet that goes on PC. It doesn't even come close. The other interesting part to this conversation is that Bend pitched a couple games that Sony turned down. Um, one was an open world resistance. And the other one was... Uh, I think Sony just doesn't want to bring back resistance i think that's true too i think and i think part of that reason is days gone because they resistance there's so much stuff out that could potentially be similar to a new resistance that it's like well yeah yeah, i mean not even just the days gone thing but i just mean like even before that i think they were just like no like resistance is done Mm -hmm. it just would be interesting because the rumors are saying that they're they want to do another kill zone which, which is weird. Why? Yeah, which I feel I put those in the same yeah cup. Uh, Shadowfall. Yep, was such a weird one relative to the previous ones. It, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was like it just didn't play the same. I was like, eh. And you've gone an entire generation with by just ignoring that that existed, mm-hmm. and now you're like, oh, I want to bring it back. What? No, don't do that. Instead. Chop Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog off at the balls and stop them from making six of The Last of Us 1 and 2. And you can actually make more games because you have to get them to stop making the literal same game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add to the... To CES stuff? No. Uh, I didn't really see anything else that was really too Nothing too caught my eyes. Did you see here? Sony's TV? I mean, while we're just in the, the run uh, of Sony. No. It's a... What I, it's some, I saw something you know, about Sony XR, Bravi XR. But I don't, I don't know, know if it was, was that or whatever. I just know what it looks like, and that's why I was intrigued. Um, it's a new high, high-end whatever crazy TV. You know, ridiculous size, blah, blah, blah. But it's stand. is just this flat, like, rectangle that runs the entire length of the TV at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, maybe like four inches deep. But you can either attach the TV to the front of that stand 
and have yourself a like four inch gap to your wall. Or you can attach the TV to the back of the stand and basically just put the TV flush against the wall. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I just saw the image of it and I was like, that's really interesting. Hmm. But it's a flippable stand. so That's cool. Cool idea. I mean, that's really it. That's all I got. I, I haven't really seen too many CES things, surprisingly. Yeah, it's it's all like the same, you it's know. A, yeah, it's, every, it's the iterations you expect. Yeah. The only other thing I saw is Alienware brought back their fucking eGPU thing. They're like, yeah, whatever. Their we'll box, that. which didn't really work the first time. Well, because well, now it's not going to definitely work because nobody can find a GPU to put in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole th- the whole reason those work is because you have a GPU to put into it. Yeah. Then just your normal like CPUs and yeah, yeah. all the or the typical. Right. Hey, we have new things and they go faster. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> just picture that being a CES press conference one year CPU go burr <laughs> that's on a slide and as you can see here uh, this graphics card goes burr but this graphics card goes burr <laughs> see how there's more R's? it means it goes faster <laughs> uh, unfortunately we can't seem to escape game companies obsessing over nfts and blockchain let's just get through it let's just get through it gamestop has reportedly created a division that is working on a marketplace for cryptocurrency and nfts within video games gamestop is said to be in discussions with selected game publishers and developers to, to, to form partnerships that will allow them to sell nfts uh, the company has already launched an NFT website where people can apply to be a creator of NFTs. Okay. So GameStop was about to go under. Yep. And they just keep digging a hole. So, all right. They're a marketplace now. Apparently. They still suck. Yep. Uh, Konami has announced a set of NFTs to commemorate the 35th anniversary of the Castlevania series. The company is planning to auction off 14 different pieces of artwork from the franchise via NFT Marketplace OpenSea starting January 12th. I'm just going to save it to my desktop when they're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Square. What, what, what monkey they'll look like? Monkey Dracula? Maybe. Maybe. Vampire monkeys? Uh, Square Enix president Yosuke Matsuba in his New Year's letter, has emphasized the importance of blockchain, NFTs, and decentralized gaming to the future of Square Enix. He claimed that traditional gaming offers, quote, no explicit incentive, end quote, for anyone who wants to play to contribute, linking it to the limitations of user-generated content, which he says exists only for self-expression and has not produced, quote, major game-changing content, end quote, so far. But he claims token economies will provide those incentives and therefore motivation, which will lead more people to devote themselves to contributing to a game economy. <laughs> the letter goes on for a while about the topic, but frankly, I'm sick of it. So we'll leave it with this info. <laughs> Bloomberg reports Square Enix's square price jumped 8% on the first day of trading after the letter's publication. The biggest single day rise since August 2021 the hell happened in august i don't know but like i read oh it might have been the final fantasy 
expansion announcement. That might be what that was. I read a chunk of the letter, and I just was like, you, this is ridiculous. So, while you say that, I'll say something slightly different. Okay. I don't think he's entirely wrong. I think he is entirely fucking wrong on basing it around NFTs and blockchain. I don't think he's wrong when he says that you could invite ways for players to contribute to keeping like a game. Like if you had incentivized ways for like MMO wise, especially for somebody like Square Enix or Blizzard or whatever, you know, for WoW and Final Fantasy 14 and uh, New World, if it wasn't bleeding players, uh, if you had ways for those players to contribute more in game and like kind of like per, you know build you know go towards things or whatever, and you built the economy with them in mind, you you can do that, mm-hmm. but you don't need the blockchain or NFTs at all to do it. Now, see, I looked at it from a slightly more pessimistic side, where I was saying, "Oh, you're trying to create incentives for people to make content for you to make money off of." Essentially, there's also that. In that's which, where it's like I say that same thing could be done without them yeah. involving those. They could still be as greedy and not use those. Which the point of the Bloomberg statement was like that's the motivation for these companies to do it is that for whatever reason, shareholders and stockholders and stock markets think that this is going to because be a lucrative. Because they're all geriatric fucking idiots. Yeah. They see number go up and don't understand the technology, so they go, yeah, number go up. I'm fine. Number go burr. <laughs> number go burr. The... I also like the... <laughs> oh, I, I didn't read this letter, thank God, because I would have just gotten angry. But has it emphasized the importance of... To quote from you from the beginning. Emphasize the importance of blockchain, NFTs, and decentralized gaming to the future of Square Enix. The literal term decentralized means it can't revolve only around you, you fucking moron. Yeah. You can't keep... The literal idea of that would be that somebody creates a token. Like, I create, say I created a token for a sword, right? That sword had stupid stats on it, because why wouldn't it have stupid stats on it? I'm going to be powerful. In theory, I can then take that... Based on the decentralized idea, I can take that sword into WoW, and then I can immediately leave and take it over to Final Fantasy, and no one tells me anything. It's decentralized. I own it. We're fine. Mm -hmm. No way in hell will that happen. No. But Ubisoft could do that, though, since all their games are basically the same. They could, but that's, again, that would have to go from Ubisoft. I'd have to be able to take it out of that. I'd have to be able to then take it into Metal Gear Phantom Pain. Like, that's, it would have to be able to leave Ubisoft's ecosystem in order to be decentralized. Yeah. If I, if it doesn't, then it's centralized based on, I need Ubisoft in order to, for it to work, which is not how that, is, the idea is supposed to function. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind when people go, yeah, but then this, and I go, no, you didn't hear your own fucking words. Which is kind of like. And that's the whole, like, Facebook meta thing. Like, that's what Facebook wants. They just want it to be... They want everything decentralized, but they just all want it to be... Meta. We want... Yeah, because, listen, <laughs> we want it We want it decentralized, but if I own the By globe, making everything. If I own the globe... Yeah. Problem solved. Yup. Bingo. 
like technically, never mind. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna dive down the rabbit hole uh, real far. If I built an island, can we get away from everyone? Will you come live with me? <laughs> oh yeah. We're going to oh, take about yeah. 10 people, and rather than a revolution, we just decide not to play and yeah, hang out on an island. it just becomes like, I don't know, some, what's the fucking Fallout? There was like a little nation in Fallout that was like completely independent from everyone else. Oh. I can't man. remember what it was called, though. I, I like the idea that we do the old the old uh, bender move. I'm going to go make my own island with blackjack and hookers, and you just call it a day. <laughs> a sovereign nation <laughs> uh, that's cinnamon over there she's our uh supreme court justice and <laughs> that over there's candy she's the president <laughs> there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What do you mean that seems weird? Everything's fine here. You guys got quarrels at home? I don't have any. We're all good here, man. Number three, iRacing.com Motorsport Simulations has acquired Monster Games. The Minnesota-based studio developed the first four games under the NASCAR Heat brand and its most recent title, SRX The Game. What is SRX? Super Motocross? Maybe. I don't know. Didn't look it up. Uh, A press release announcing the purchase is careful to note, quote, the iRacing development team will remain 100% focused on continuing to develop. What the hell? 
uh, developed the core product, iRacing. But Monster Games' experience making console games is clearly a part of the plans going forward, as the release also says this deal will, quote, further the company's ability to bring the highest quality racing games to the broader market, including the console space, end quote. iRacing also recently purchased Orentes Games. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. A small German video game development company that possesses its own dedicated game engine. So they bought their own engine. Maybe iRacing will look better. That's the hope. And uh, it has some interesting physics models for... Um, actually, it, their game was in early access for a little while. And I downloaded and played it. And I can't remember the... I actually liked it. I can't remember the fucking name of the game, though. It's driving huh. me nuts. Uh, I'm wondering if it's... So it's Monster Games. And I don't know if this is... Because I thought that was a Square Enix game. But remember that there was... And, I mean, you weren't with me at PAX. It was a Kenny and I thing. Mm-hmm. But there was the Monster Energy motocross racing game that I said was like, it looked really good, but it was every single button on the controller controlled something mm-hmm. like clutches and leg shifting and everything like that. It was like really intense. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's the same people. I'm assuming it is. Maybe. Because it was also Monster. But I thought that was a Square Enix product, but maybe it was just near the booth of Square and it wasn't actually Square. I don't remember. Or Square, or Square published it. Yeah, it could be. Could be that. Yeah, I mean, more racing games on console. That's cool. For sure. That'll be interesting to see how that all works. Yeah. Because the issue, the issue I think a lot of people have with the iRacing stuff is... At not and then at not like the entry level or sorry at not the top end more at like the entry level of like what mm-hmm. feet wet move. It's a subscription model that you then are also having to pay for cars, tracks, and everything else inside of. So it's a subscription model plus a heavily heavily microtransaction laden product that just taking that from PC and putting it on a console also won't fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you could do it, but like you'd run into the same issues except that. Console people are willing to not pay as much money as a PC person is. Yeah, I think the plan is to come. I think they, I, I'm assuming they're going to come out with a console line of Simcade games that are more simulation than Forza Horizon, but less than, like, way less than iRacing. Yeah. Something, something like uh, in the realm of, like, Gran Turismo. And have it be like a separate entity because I'm. I can't imagine they would be dumb enough to think that a subscription, like you could pull iRacing's uh, business model to console. Yeah. Well, I, I would also just like to see them change iRacing's business model, but yeah, that's not problem with that. Is that it sucks, but people are paying it so i'd rather them if they did a subscription model which i like i'm not against that i'd rather them just offer two different subscription models offer me the one that you currently are which is whatever it is a month six dollars mm-hmm. a month yeah I'm, I'm not i don't remember whatever it is a month mm-hmm. and then i can do dlcs or give me one that is like fif- uh, like 15 or 20 a month that just gives me every track and then x amount of cars but i can still give me a way to earn cars in game so i'm curious how i, I just want to see it be more 
locked not not locked off. I think iRacing is going to become a victim of its own success okay. because it's become more and more popular now, but it's also kind of fueled like more eyes on the other games as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like uh, a set of Corsa uh, competitions, whatever Italian way of saying that. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, that the, one's the old A double C, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That one's been super popular lately, and it's it's like a straight up like one time purchase game, you know. Yeah, like and that one shows up on. Uh, I don't follow the subreddit for it, but it, mm-hmm. like uh, on mobile, how it just randomly inserts like, "Oh, you might like." I yeah. always see ACC stuff getting thrown in there because everybody's asking, "Am, am I at fault here?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like a lot of those games, which there's are, another one too. There was one that Kenny was trying out. It was a free one. Race room. Yes. Race room. ACC. I hated but that's me um, because I couldn't drive on it. Automobili- Automobilista 2, R-Factor 2. There's a whole slew of them that are like people getting, are getting looked at because now people are like, oh, I can't afford iRacing. What's here? Yeah. And, and they're then, they're good in their own way. Like, Yeah, yeah. So, And I could see it the same thing. It's a victim of its own success for that, but it's also a victim of its own success because while it's going to start making acquisitions, it is now very much on certain people's radars where it's like. Yeah. Xbox likes to throw its weight around. Yeah. So does Tencent. Yep. That's like, so like Tencent or Nexon or someone, I could see them grabbing iRacing. Yeah. Tencent would be a weird one. I could see Xbox just going. I see. I feel like that's right up Tencent's alley because it's like, it is, it is. It's self-contained. It's like, it's already got its own business model figured out. People are paying it. I mean, it's "Mm." not far away from Embracer Group's alley either, though. Yeah. If we're being fully Mm -hmm. like, oh, who's going to buy it? Embracer Group or Tencent? I don't flip a fucking coin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're the same people. (laughs) Probably a heart. Just not Chinese. Yeah. One Same does, investors. One doesn't report. One reports to a different government than the other one. Uh, all right, where are we? Number four. Uh, the Entertainment Software Association has canceled its in-person E3 2022 event. Oh, my God. Shock Pikachu face. This will be the third year in a row without a traditional E3. Quote, we remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 no, you and look forward to announcing more details soon. No, End quote. <laughs> The U.S. trade body didn't say if there would be a digital event instead this year. Uh, spoiler alert. No, there's not. <laughs> E3 is dead? I We said it two years ago. I said this is the death for E3. E3 is dead. They won't ever admit it, but it is going to die. I kind of think the only way it survives is if it goes back to its whole closed door. Um, Just press conferences. Don't do a show floor. Yeah. The, uh, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? Industry, um, industry event versus, yes, yes. yeah, that, uh, for sure. There's, but even then, I don't know that it would exist because all the people that were just like, we'll just do our own thing now. Yeah. Like, see, that's the problem is you still would be fighting. You're fighting, the the internet. Pe- you're fighting the people you want to show up there when Microsoft and Sony are like, well, we'll just do our own conference, man. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's actually cheaper for us to just do our own thing. Yeah. Number five, according to Deadline, production on the Fallout TV series 
is expected to begin later this year. Jonathan Nolan is set to direct the pilot episode. Nolan directed three episodes of Westworld, the premiere, the season one finale, and the season three finale. The showrunners have also been selected. Geneva Robertson Dwarit, known that's not even close to right, known as the writer of Tomb Raider and Captain Marvel, oh no, will take on the job alongside Graham Wagner, who wrote and produced shows like The Office in Silicon Valley. I mean, I'm still excited to see. Hopefully, it, yeah, I'm like in this weird place. Whenever they show the visuals for it, it doesn't look like Chief did. <laughs> yes. It very much actually Fallout would suffer worse than Halo will for looking that way, because Fallout is literally supposed to be after a Fallout. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Fallout. You can here's make, the here's the scary part about Fallout. I feel like you would have to try to fuck up the visual part of Fallout, which is a scary place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have to actively try. <laughs> That's to do- how Sonic the Hedgehog happened. <laughs> It's true. You have to actively try to ruin Fallout visually in order to make that happen. The Halo issue is that you could at least attempt to make the argument that, oh, well, that's Chief in his new suit. He hasn't seen combat yet. Fallout can't start that way. The first episode of Fallout, the bombs need to drop and people need to be walking out of homes. I didn't even think about that, but like... Because if you, you do, could literally where what is it? Did, imagine if you did season one and the bomb doesn't drop till the last episode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you could go anywhere in the timeline because that's a West, that's a very Westworld thing. What if, if that, the, what if the whole show takes place inside a vault? Insane. You, you know what I mean? Like you could do anything. What if that's the first three? Se- what if we just wrote the first three seasons? First entire, seasons, entire normal life, typical drama, people selling Fallout shelters. Halfway through, bomb drops, potentially. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they wait till the end of the season. But I think you could do it halfway through, bomb drops. End of the season is them in the vault. And is dealing with vault drama the entire time. Be- sometime in season... Beginning of season two is them walking out of it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, end of season one is them opening the vault door. And... Credits. I don't know. There's potential there for success and, how, and failure. How quick do we establish all of the factions like like if season i would assume my guess depends like i said depends on where they go not only in the timeline the locale everything but if they went uh into the vault open it in one season you know bombs drop into the vault and then we're leaving and that was just season one they have so much to do because (laughs) they haven't established when once they open the vault i do haven't established any other groups I do Everything. want a a good amount of pre Fallout just to establish like all the alternate history, the technology and stuff, like yeah, the yeah. nuclear cars, the, the fucking like Mr. Hand, yeah, the old CRT screens for like the pit, you know, the pit yeah. boy, and like oh, I want, I want like, I want to see a lot of that. That's why it's like I almost wonder you could do a full season mm-hmm. of that, of running in like oh you're. Because there's not just one vault per town or whatever. You know, there's multiple vaults that are near each other. Mm-hmm. So you're going through this whole thing following this family that has to go to the vault. But they are they get separated. What so if, one's what in if one you're vault, following... One's in the other, and then you're seeing all the technology and everything. What if you're following multiple characters first season across the country? Yeah, yeah. And they all go into different vaults. And then at some point, they all end up together. In Topeka, Kansas. Yes. And like... Fallout, because you what's know. more Fallout than Topeka fucking Kansas? 
wild. And then randomly they come across the Brotherhood. Yep. Because there's Liberty Prime just oh my god wandering around. Liberty Prime <laughs> in all its glory on in live action television would be just blowing shit up nonchalantly. The best it's thing ever. <laughs> uh, it's never gonna be that good. All right. Um. <laughs> uh, man, can you imagine if I don't know we ever made anything good? <laughs> I know it'd be nice. Uh, hey, let's slip through. Let's let's slip. Let's rip through the twenty <laughs> the twenty twenty one Steam Award winners. Oh, oh, you mean all those fan-voted, usually terrible awards? Yep, Game of the Year, Resident Evil Village. Honestly, I'm not against that. Okay. VR Game of the Year, Cooking Simulator VR. I haven't seen it. I'm probably against it, but I haven't seen it, so at that same time, I couldn't name another one. It's probably amazing. There's an electrician simulator coming out. I just want to see the cooking simulator. If the cooking simulator, when we look this up afterwards, because we're going to. Yeah. It better be like Full you're on. in a Michelin restaurant, and not like Job Simulator where you know, ha ha ha, I pumped down the toast. I hope it's like Cooking Simulator, as in like Food Wars anime, where like you're learning to cook and you got to go through the whole arc, man. You got to be like, you got to learn to cook, and then you got the goal is to be get your first star. I I want that, but I also want the free play option where you get put in at the end, and they're like, you need to make this, and you just are no instructions. Yeah. Okay, like that too. Deep um, the Labor of Love Award went to Terraria. I feel like that's fair. I yeah, I I believe they define that as like equivalent of best ongoing game type of thing. Better with friends, it takes two. Obviously, makes sense. Uh, also, uh, I don't really give a shit about Terraria, just for the record. Yeah, that's I've cool. never enjoyed playing it. I played it for like a couple hours at one point, and I was like, the "Same." I, I if I wanted, I I'd rather play Minecraft. I think Kenny and I played it, and I ran into the same exact issue. I was like, no, "I hate this." Yep. It, this two D. Yeah. What is this? Doesn't shit. work. Just doesn't give work. me Minecraft. Get yeah. out of here. Um, outstanding visual style, Forza Horizon Five. Yeah. Most innovative gameplay, Death Loop. I don't know about that. Best game you suck at. Is it Neo? Yes. Neo 2. Complete edition. I mean, that's fine. Elden Ring's not out yet, so. Best soundtrack. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Yep, sure. Outstanding story-rich game. Cyberpunk 2077. All right. Somebody would have been taking the piss. (laughs) I mean, again, it is a story-rich game in terms of the fact that there are a lot of stories. So if that's what they mean. If they mean a lot of good stories, that's not the case. Or actually, no, that is the case because there are a lot of stories. Just the main one sucks. <laughs> yeah, maybe all the side ones are great. Lore the Pan stuff. Am story is my favorite part of that game. Well, you're gonna love the last one. The sit back and relax award went to Farming Simulator 22. Hell yeah, our favorite. Our should have been our game of the year. If we're yeah, being, if we're yeah. being honest. Yeah. Uh, Forbes came out with an article a while ago, actually, where they basically like championed um, Football Manager. Oh, nice! Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So now they need to champion Farming Simulator because wait until you see the 2022 championship circuit for the Pro Farming Simulator scene. Is it insane? I'm oh, sure it's blow your mind. Can only imagine. I'm assuming it was probably like data driven stuff for Football Manager. Is my <laughs> guess. 
Uh, I, I don't, I can't remember what the hell the article was, but it, they basically were like, it's super underrated and doesn't yeah. get enough attention. That yeah. Except that I've also watched that subreddit grow like a hundred percent over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like Kenny and I found it and it, it had already been going for 17 I think years what it was, it was Forbes was talking about their game of the year. Oh yeah. That's probably true. And like what caught my eye was that they were, they put it on the same level basically as Forza Horizon 5. You know what the funny thing is? It's it's because it started getting put around more places. So it used to be championship manager going way back to the mm-hmm. 90s. And, you know, that's your typical, all right, it's a disc. Here we go. Let's see what it is. Uh, then it was just Steam. And that's when Kenny and I found it. And then it went to Epic. And now it's on Game Pass. And it's on Xbox. And it's, you know, on the on the simpler version is on phones and tablets mm-hmm. and so it became much more in people's faces for trying it. Yeah, more accessible. So once more people started seeing it, I think it really got more people involved into yeah. and and pro players play it. Yeah. Like there are constant shots of people like on flights between matches and they have their laptops out and a teammate takes a uh, picture of another teammate with their laptop out and you see that they're playing football manager and they might be playing either with their club or with another one and you're trying to figure out like Oh man, what is what is Messi running? Like, what is he running a four three three? That looks really weird. Who did he sell? Who did he buy? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it, even when they're playing it, it's gotten people intrigued. The funny thing about, uh, for some reason, farming similar made me think about this. Uh, we were talking at work uh, yesterday on the way out of just like other games and stuff, and somebody brought up. I can't remember what we were talking about. Simulators? Oh, I think just simulators in general. Because mm-hmm. somebody brought up the idea of... God, what was the simulator? It wasn't Farming Simulator. It was some other simulator that I think that's on Game Pass or something. And, oh, we were talking about big rig driving. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, you think there's like a big rig simulator? I was like, I know there are. There's, like, yeah, there's like three of them. Yep. It's like there's Euro Truck Simulator. There's American Big Rig Simulator. And... They're like, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, those all exist. I was like, and then if you really want to, you know, actually have some fun, because those are usually just point to point, whatever. I was like, go get spin tires, mud runner or snow runner. Yep. And I, and he's like, I think I've seen somebody play snow runner. And I was like, yeah, I, my buddy played it. And a I, lot. I, yeah, yeah, a lot. I debated <laughs> multiple times getting it. It's got multiplayer. Yeah. Because of that. I think I actually might have it mm-hmm. or no, I think I have the first Listen, one. Listen. I would gladly start playing it again to hit up multiplayer. I think I have the first one. One of them became free at some point. I'll have to yeah. check. That's the way. That's the reason I have mm-hmm. them. But one of them I think is free. So it's like I I debated. I was like, oh man, it'd be really fun for to like get into those situations because I oh I I also watched on YouTube recently somebody doing a snowrunner thing with a full rig. Yeah, they were sitting there driving around in snowrunner, and I was like, oh my god, that's got to be painful. <laughs> Painful uh, and not just do that with a controller or a keyboard mouse. Like that's just gotta, yeah, be the slowest drive. <laughs> Probably be re- pretty relaxing. Oh, it'd be relaxing until I wanted to flip my steering wheel. The it, I could see it being really fun in like a motion rig until you get stuck because then you're just like you can't do anything. Yeah, you're just like. And he was switching his camera around all the time. Like the, he was just driving. It wasn't even stuck or like trying to do anything. He was literally just driving up a hill, uh, the hill and it, his 
camera, and I don't maybe it was just the way he had edited it or something, but his camera was like outside of the car, like looking back at him driving mm-hmm. up it and whatever. And I was like, that would disorient the shit out of me if you were doing that. Yeah, the camera is wonky in that game because, uh, like they they they're like, oh, we you know, obviously the idea is to give you the ability to like look around your vehicle, yeah, so yeah. you can see what you're doing. But when you're like, it, it just is so disorientating sometimes. But he was mostly trying to drive in the cab. Yeah. So that was that was fun to see. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Number seven, Gavin Rayburn, co-founder and studio director of Playground Games, the makers of Forza Horizon, duh, is leaving the company after 12 years. It is currently unclear where he is heading next. In his place, general manager and fellow co-founder Trevor Williams is stepping up as studio head and will continue to lead the team going forward. That's like the fifth Trevor Williams I know now. It's a common name. Yeah, it really is. Trevor Williams. A lot of Williams get named Trevor. It's a very generic name. Yeah. Trevor I mean, it's no Joe Smith, but... John Smith? Or Joe. Joe Smith does work, too. (sighs) I guess it's my turn. Yeah, that's how this works. Unless, unless you have more to add on, <laughs> on Kevin leaving. AGBO, the production company of Avengers Endgame film directors Anthony and Joe Russo, their brothers, announced that it was that it has received a four hundred million dollar minority investment from Nexon. AGBO said that the investment will allow it to quote aggressively pursue end quote game development around its IP. What IP does it own? I don't know. Because Disney owns Marvel. So Yeah, it's just I think I think they're just coming up with new IP. We'll see. Number nine, Bioware GM Gary McKay gave a year end update. Bioware has quit. Listen. Oh, I... sorry, the actual update. Bioware has adopted a hybrid model for its work structure. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to make another joke. <laughs> Throwing half in the fire and then releasing the other half. Uh, has adopted a hybrid model for its work structure, giving its staff a choice between remote working and coming to the office. Going forward, new recruits in North America won't be asked to relocate near BioWare's offices when hired. He said that development on all their current projects is going really well. Blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> I'm a dirty tramp. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even read that part as I started making jokes in the beginning of the whole thing. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, you're going to love this. <laughs> I just uh, like that the message is, don't worry, everything's going fine. <laughs> By the way, this sucks. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Someone posted it into like the Gamer News subreddit or like the PC game subreddit or some one of the bigger video game subreddits. And the comments were vicious <laughs> like they were just like uh more you know just more garbage from bioware blah blah, blah. i was like ooh, okay <laughs> they're not getting a second chance third chance fourth chance whatever they're on Th- this would be fourth if people are counting inquisition as the first i don't count inquisition in- inquisition's like the canary in the coal mine for the rest of it just because you could see it when you look back at it now. At the time, mm-hmm. not an issue. When you look back at it now, you see the issues start arising because Inquisition was the beginning of them attempting to use Frostbite and not knowing what to do. See, if we're going to go that route, I would say Dragon Age 2. 
Ooh, really? Because Dragon Age 2 was, like, really polarizing at the time. I mean, it was polarizing, but I mean, like, in terms of not even just writing or anything. Like, mm-hmm. functionality of working. <laughs> like, a game that didn't look like a broken mess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember having any issues with Inquisition, though. I didn't really have any issues with it. But when you look at when you go back it, again, not in the time because at the time I re- I was fine with it. I was like, this looks a, a little jank, and like I wasn't happy with the character creator, but it wasn't Andromeda's character creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like whatever, the rest of the story, like I was fine with the story even, yeah, because I loved getting to the end and having the conversation with you of like, where did your people end up? Yeah, that, that was awesome. But when you go back and you look at that into Andromeda into Anthem. You can see the potential precursors of issues. And knowing that that was the first one they did at Frostbite. And then once the Anthem stuff came out, when they're like, oh, they got forced to use Frostbite and kept trying to go to dice and they were get, basically getting stonewalled. Mm-hmm. And if you backtrack that point, you go, oh, you guys haven't known what the fuck to do. You've been you've been doing every like Dragon Age I think probably works the best out of the three because they played it so safe, not knowing how to try to leverage the engine. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like there weren't risks taken. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to, hey, let's try Mass Effect on this, hey, let's build an entirely new game on this, and then they just crashed and burned. Sorry, I was trying to look at release dates of of video games, and I got totally sidetracked because there's like a whole slew of games that were canceled from Bioware. <laughs> in between, in between Inquisit, in between Mass Effect Three and Inquisition, there's like fucking like three, four games that were canceled. Eesh. In case anybody's counting at home, that's a lot of games to cancel. Yeah. A lot of games to cancel for somebody that's Bioware, not, you know, Sony. Yeah. Yeah. One studio, really. Yeah, um, they closed all the other ones. <laughs> they closed all the other ones and moved off the other project <laughs> they had. All right. We got our short shit. Questionable things we didn't write full paragraphs on. Uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut is coming to PC in spring of 2022. In case you want to play that. Nope. I barely played it the first time. <laughs> Your time's come though. Because uh the Mass Effect Legendary Edition uh came to Game Pass this week. So Wow. I know what I'm also not playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tie it to that fucking chair. <laughs> you tie it to the chair doesn't mean I'm gonna play that. Uh, UK-based publisher Team 17 has acquired all rights and assets for Hell Let Loose, a multiplayer World War II shooter by Australian developer Black Matter. Team 17 has also acquired U.S. indie publisher The Label. Did you play Hell Let Loose? No. Okay. Uh, That was like the historically accurate one, wasn't it? I think. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, Apple has yeah. become yes and yes and <laughs> Apple has become the first company to reach a market cap of three trillion dollars. Remember when they were one trillion dollars? Do you remember that? 
It was not that long ago. Yeah, I remember that. That's. Oh, but my monies. How will I ever function, Epic? Oh, no, you take away my monies. And Apple can yeet themselves straight into the sun, and I will miss none of them. At what point? I like my iPhone. At what I point? I won't miss you either. <laughs> <laughs> I like my AirPods, too, actually. Um, <laughs> I mean, once they give you an Apple flashlight, you're going to love that, too? Huh? Probably be pretty good. <laughs> It'd have its own proprietary charging uh, device, I'll tell you that right No, now. they just lost their um, I know, they lost lead. the lawsuit. No, they lost their lead uh, architect designer. Oh no! For their processors. Oh boy, whatever will they do? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty pretty big deal because they—that's the whole thing with Apple—is that they're super energy efficient processors. So, uh, so how that loose on Steam? Yes, that does look like that one. Okay. Uh, based on the idea that uh, here's their quick little. Quip, uh, join the ever-expanding experience of Hell Let Loose, a hardcore World War II first-person shooter with epic battles of 100 players with infantry, tanks, artillery, a dynamically shifting front line, and a unique resource-based RTS-inspired metagame. I believe that was the one that, like, never ended. Mm, like, okay. things were always kind of changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the full bundle for the game is sixty-two ninety-three. Okay. Base game's $40. They have a Lethal Tide DLC, a Silver Vanguard DLC, a Hot Drop DLC, where Hot Drops, Tropic Fever DLC, False Front DLC, and Red Steel DLC. Hmm. Interesting. Hot Drop. Um, Ubisoft announced that it intends to bring its subscription service, Ubisoft Plus, to the Xbox platform but provided no specific date. Also, Rainbow Six Extraction will be on Xbox Game Pass at launch. Interesting. Yeah. Free to check out, so no harm. They must really be worried about that game. I'd be worried about it. $40, right? Is that what they said it was going to be? That's what they said, but I mean, that was one of those where it's like, I'm worried, but it also makes sense. And then day one on Game Pass, which Which isn't your... When you have, it's not Ubi, it's not Ubisoft Connect. Yeah, but but or sorry, Uplay Plus. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what the name is anymore I think because it's plus. I believe Connect is the name of the desktop app. That's why. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, but if you're Ubisoft, mm-hmm. you're shitting your pants anyway because kind of semi at the moment, nothing else can go wrong. Right? Is all of them in the? Is all of them at like a command table, quick shooting glances around to each other? Like <laughs> nothing else can go wrong, right? We drop this at forty dollars on a game pass. Nothing can go wrong, right? Only can go up from here if we settle at this level. <laughs> that was almost like a mini like James A. Caster sketch. And too much head movement for that. Yeah, I don't know. He moves his head a lot. And his new yeah. new one. I still haven't watched the whole thing because it's on Vimeo. Hmm. Maybe that's what we'll do next week, though. I'll power up a fourteen ninety nine charge. Big fat quiz. I did watch that. Okay. How was it? Good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I it's actually, fun, it's actually funny watching it because they have like Guz Khan and a couple others that have been on Taskmaster that I didn't know from anything else beforehand. Mm-hmm. So now that I have more of a, a personality yeah. like backup for them, I'm like, oh, yeah. nice, nice. 
But um, yeah, I think it's like fourteen ninety nine on Vimeo. But I need, I need, I do need to watch it. Yeah. Cold lasagna. Hate myself. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, what's his face has a new special on Netflix too. Um, I know Jimmy does. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Carr. Carr. Like his Dark Material or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, according to Bloomberg, a Bloomberg report, the creator of Bioshock, Ken Levine, <gasps> is a piece of shit. And his, <laughs> and his new game is in development hell because he's difficult to work with. Uh, check out the Bloomberg story if you care to hear more. Um, and then finally, the New York Times uh, is buying sports news site The Athletic for $550 million. That's a lot of money for that. I did not. It didn't. They're, they're massive. Okay. It didn't like set in that they uh, that that was the amount. Honestly, I'm almost semi-surprised that's the only amount. Really? Uh, so I'll, I'll break this down, not to a like ridiculous level, but I'll hit you with the old think about it. You think have a it. massive following. You have people like Rosenthal, Adler, you know, you have all, you have somebody covering all 30 MLB teams. You have a beat writer for every single team plus MLB. You have somebody for every NBA team, NFL, NHL, NASCAR, F1. You have people writing F1 stuff. You had, you bought a gaming end. So people are doing gaming stuff. You have premier league, you have Bundesliga, you have Syria. Ah, you have, you have people writing for every single sport. And now you added gaming before this. Plus, you also have there's a subsection of the athletic that is athletic like culture, I think is what it is, or athletic ink, I believe is the uh, cover thing, where it's more like culture stuff. So shoe heads and you know all this other stuff that's there. They have so much on that site that they are doing that I would love to see what their traffic was before it. But it it's how much does it cost? The subscription. Uh, Seven dollars, seven ninety nine, six ninety nine. Okay, I'm just curious. I think, but you hmm. can usually find deals for like the first year. You usually, mm-hmm. nah, yeah. It's, that's kind of the downside to the subscription thing, though, is that like you don't really know that until you subscribe to it. I think well, you, I think you can you can get into like the at least C categories, but you might not be able to like read articles. Yeah, but you can see how many like categories are on that site. Mm-hmm. Which Crazy. I'm I'm following a bunch. I'm not even following all of them though. The and they have sports betting stuff. Like they have guys that do fantasy stuff for every sport. Like guys that are there just specifically as fantasy writers. I'm guys curious. That are, golf is also I forgot golf. I'm curious what the integration is going to be. We were talking about it earlier. Um, like, does does the New York Times have a sports section now? I would assume they have to, right? I think they do. Yeah. So, do you just like integrate that into the Athletic and let them exist? I let the Athletic. If I'm New York Times, I let them exist. Do your thing. See, I would. My thought would be, okay, you take our sports people, 
and then we'll just read all of our sports news will come from you guys and we'll just redirect our sports section to you. I think the only thing that you run into there is what if the athletic doesn't want some of your people? Yeah. And you have but, to make that weird mo- you know, moment or whatever. Or you, or you literally just both just agree that, okay, we let them go. Yeah. Because athletic already has everybody for every role. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, sure, they're hiring other people yeah. for things, but like they already, you know, you're not going to take one Yankees beat reporter and then partner them with a Yankees beat reporter that maybe they don't get along with. Like that would just make for weird mm-hmm. things. I could see the Times staying the Times and this staying this and them going, you guys just do what you're doing. If you need resources or anything, like we can help with like tactical things or whatever. Yeah. Sharing then, resources. Yeah, yeah, we can share resources all day. That's to help both sides be better. And then when it comes to stuff like uh, like the subscription, mm-hmm. that's the conversation they need to have where it's like, okay, well, does it make sense for us to potentially up the subscription cost by a little bit? but then give readers access to both now. I guess in the perfect world, I feel like the best choice would be what you're talking about. And then like, yeah, but I always talk perfect world scenarios on like the big (laughs) stories. Like when they break something huge, it gets both coverage on both. Like the article gets put on both places. You would set, you would get like, they'd have to find a way to curate it or something, but they would have two main feeds. Mm -hmm. So if you were paying for the athletic, you would also see the, New York Times main or like front page. Yeah. But if you wanted to ever read anything further than the front page, you'd have to go also get that subscription type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Anyway, it's been seven days. What have you been up to? Nada. No games. No games from me. Uh, watching Book of Fat. Book Book of Fat. Watching. Started Demon Slayer. Season two of Demon Slayer. Um, I've been meaning to watch Don't Look Up. Haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, though. Uh, and I debated watching it, but I gotta watch some other. Th- I gotta watch Matrix and stuff first. Yeah, I did watch Matrix a while ago when it came out. Um, that's about it for me, though. It's just been a hectic week of just you know, life, life, and, life will do that, and exhaustion. So. What have you been up to? Life, the huge, the huge, a uh, little fo- you know football manager, but doing my own save now. Oh my god, he he's gone independent. I have gone independent, uh, more just due to solo career. We did play, we did play some uh, of our of our online save. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe maybe two days worth from since we last recorded. So we did get a little further. We're still in... Oh, we did just start the season. That's where we are. We just started season two. Season two. We're a couple games into season two, I believe. Uh, but Kenny's got some stuff going on, so we, it's going to be hard for us to play for about a month. So I started my own uh, single-player save where I took over the club in... Oh, I never say the league name right. The Eredivisie or Eredivisie? The Netherlands League. Uh, and I took over FC Utrecht the team that I bought a mystery jersey box and got their jersey from. So I took them over and I'm hoping to it'll be the first time I've done this because I know I normally don't have the itch to play, so I don't I don't have the itch to ever play solo. I've tried to do it a few times and I get in and I'm just kinda like, alright. Yeah, whatever. And I get maybe may at most a month in. 
And I'm just like, all right, I just nope, nope, I'm out. And I and I wait for him to come back, and then we go back in our save. Yeah, but I've had I've really had the itch to play, and I can't play our save when he's not there. So I've started this one, and I'm about halfway through my first season. I sit in fourth, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think I can get to third. I don't think I can get to second or first because the those two teams are just, they're just so much better than I am. So. It's going to take a couple of years, but I need to just stay course. I have faith. Yeah. And then hopefully I turn them into champions and I turn well, and then I leave and go join another club. What hopefully, a life. Well, put it this way. Hopefully I do well enough to be able to leave and join another club and not just get fired. What a life. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, did some wow stuff. Shaking off the, the uh, raid cobwebs. Yeah, shaking off the cobwebs, remembering how to press buttons. I mean, I can still press buttons pretty well, but it's just a matter of like, hey, I actually have to press buttons and do mechanics. Yeah. You know. Oh, you mean I can't just stand still and slam my face against my keyboard? All right, fine. So doing that. To That's play how the, I play games. Started an Empire of Sin save. Because uh, I didn't, I didn't want to port mine over from the Switch. It was going to be too... Yeah. Hectic. Organized crime, always fun. Yeah. I'm playing as some random mobster and trying to, you know, take over the fifth precinct in Chinatown. And then the rest of the eleven neighborhoods. But I don't know, man. It, I just I can't generate enough money fast enough to keep I wanna I I can murder enough to have empty spots where I can build my empire, but I don't have enough money to, to finance the to finance my building. my killing. Um <laughs> I literally, I literally kill everybody in the building. It's an empty building. It's like, hey, do you want to take it over? And then I look at my money, and I'm like, I can't afford any of these. Which so. makes no sense. I mean, you literally just killed them. You know, yeah. the building should be free. Yeah. But then I got to put the money into it, you know, to make it up to, up to my standards for a new brothel. You just got to take their money after you kill them. They didn't have much, apparently. That, see, ugh, it's fucking games. Probably why they died. <laughs> they would have better guns. So it's a good point. <laughs> or they would have paid you off. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I've done a little bit more Forza, just oh, still God, trying to getting about Forza, trying to do the the thing I said last time, where I just go around and clear the map of just doing a race once or whatever, and just kind of knocking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit more Halo, walked into the open world and kind of like ran around for a little bit, but I was like, something to do. So there's it's nothing like... really for me to do, so that's probably actually going to get uninstalled. Mm-hmm. Um, until co-op eventually shows what, up, and then they I, should, I like, do want to go back through it with you on co-op. It's yeah, heroic. They should like fucking put a horde mode in or something. Well, where's a uh, firefight? Yeah, firefight. Yeah, something. Just give me co-op. That'll be good enough. Because yeah, when true. we go do co-op and heroic, it'll be fine. Yeah, but I'm probably gonna uninstall it until that happens. Uh, and that's that's really been it. Start playing Yu-Gi-Oh again. Oh no! Well, I used to play it on my phone. I've I've uninstalled and reinstalled it on my phone like five or six times. Did you see the um? It was on Reddit. The Yu-Gi-Oh tombstone. No, this kid died, and his parents put a Yu-Gi-Oh tombstone on him. It would be this. This is gonna sound terrible. It'd be hysterical uh, if they put him in the. Oh God! What is the name of that card? gold sarcophagus of 
something. It's used in the final episode of the first like. What's it look like? Do you know? It's it looks like a giant, almost like a golden chest. Uh huh. That would then be pushed aside like a sarcophagus lid, basically. Um, it's the. <laughs> it's a card used in the very final battle of the show, of the original run of the show of Duel Monsters. And it's the way that Yugi beats. Oh, what I, Atem I think is how they consider his name. The Pharaoh. That's how he beats the Pharaoh. They basically made his tombstone look like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, like an like a card, not the object on the card. Like like a card, so that he is the the card. Oh, yeah, probably not that then. God, I hope they didn't. Oh, this is gonna be cringy. Yeah, that's cringy. He's dead, Nate. <laughs> you got a hell of a name. You got five names. Well, he's a level seven monster, so you do have to do a uh, tribute summon. All right, speaking. Speaking Chinese to me right Sacrifice now. two other bodies to summon him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> two other lesser bodies. <laughs> okay, that's disturbing. I didn't make the card. Uh, It'd be really funny if uh, his friends that played Yu-Gi-Oh were really good with him, and they like went over and played at his grave. Too insensitive? I summon our friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Crazy. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I used to, I uninstalled and reinstalled it on my phone a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always just never stuck with it on the phone because it was always, it just, it, I mean, it, it runs well for a mobile game, but it's always just annoying and whatever. But then I, that same mobile game is available on PC. So I installed it on Steam. And it just runs so much faster and smoother that I'm like, okay, I can actually potentially see me playing this a little bit more because it's yeah. just so much more responsive. So even just in downtime of like, all right, I'm waiting for whatever. I can load that up real quick, play a couple games, and go back to what I was doing. So we'll see. And then playing baseball, as the cards dictate. As per tradition. Back to my... Continuing the the career I started this the this MLB the show so last March, um, that I didn't stick with it like I did the times that you guys have heard the stories of my exploits of making it to the major leagues and then mm-hmm. hating my team. Yeah, uh, this is a brand new career and I haven't made it out of the first. I'm not even out of the first season yet. I'm about halfway through it, so we're about to hit trade deadline and call up time. But and so here, we're here. about to watch me get traded. Your for, player already pitched a uh, perfect game. So. I did honestly actually forget that my player did throw a perfect game today in Double A. So 18. he's about to get traded and for nothing because that's how the game always works. I'm on. I'm in the Yankees organization, <laughs> the best pitcher ever. I play first. I play <laughs> first base and pitch. I'm a two way player. Hmm. They don't have a first baseman on the major league roster according to what Matt and I looked at beforehand. Yeah. And they're 
what always happens every time I've been in their organization, they trade me out of the minors to, to, a, different or- to a different organization <laughs> f- for a shit player. I then blast through AAA and I'm on that other team's major league roster. I've, <laughs> if you remember my escapades with the Cubs, I won rookie of the year. I won MVP. I won a batting title. I was everything that was like the best player that could be in the national league. And they traded me for David fucking Bodie. I replaced Rizzo on the Cubs. And then in the off season, he signed with the Yankees. And then I kicked the shit out of him when I played them because I was furious. But then the Cubs sucked because there was nobody else on the team. Yeah. And I couldn't buy a win if I wanted to. Yeah. The one thing that eluded me in all that time, Matt, the one thing I couldn't have world series championship. It's the one, the one accolade that now that I've thrown a perfect game, the one accolade I haven't gotten. That's in a, I mean, I I haven't finished like a career, so I haven't seen like the hall of fame Mm -hmm. or set like any records. Yeah. But it's because I haven't played far enough. But the only thing that I haven't achieved in the time that I would be going to get those anyway, is to claim a world series. I've won MVPs. I've won Cy Young's. I've never gotten the world series. Maybe this is the, this is the time. I appreciate your optimism, but let's be honest. I'm going to get traded to the pirates. All right. And then it's going to take me seven years of playing at the pirates to be good again. And I don't know that I have the patience for that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, that's it. I got none. All right, cool. We will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.